All right, guys, welcome to back to another episode of the Back Builders podcast. For those of you guys who are tuning in on YouTube, I'm going to be moving to Gab and Rumble probably within like the next week just because I really don't expect to last long on YouTube. Like YouTube's been knocking people out uh, left and right for years now. And so I don't really expect to stay on that platform very for very long. But, um, you know, thanks to everyone who tuned in. We got like 300 subscribers in one day. That last video got 500 views, which really doesn't seem odd, but considering I'm like brand new to that platform, I'll take that as a huge uh, win. So yeah, patrons, thanks again for joining the uh, Patreon. You guys know that if you join it, you get exclusive access and early access to all the videos, podcasts, uh, anything like that. And you could subscribe for literally a dollar a month. Link's going to be in the bio below. So I found this video a long time ago. And as I was like looking for videos to kind of provide commentary on, it's like, of course, I wanted, I wanted to go for like the low hanging fruit, which is a show that I've been like shockingly in love with for probably close to a year now. It's my 600 pound life. The people who listen to my podcast know that I love that show because it's so interesting to watch these people and their decisions about what got them to that place that they're currently at, which is, it says my 600 pound life, but these people are usually 700, 800 pounds plus where they're completely immobile. They can't move. And it's not like I watch these episodes, like excited to see like the next fat person and how destructive their life is, but rather from like a psychological perspective to watch these people and to watch their thought loops and their patterns and these excuses that they give for themselves. And also to watch like the people around them and to be able to look at their environment. I call it negative motivation because you look at these people and it like really inspires you to go work out because you just look at how like disgusting they are or how miserable they are and they'll they'll often admit like how miserable they are or how much they want to like kill themselves and it's shocking but it's like a form of negative motivation like there's nothing that makes you want to work out more and be more healthy than watching an episode of my 600 pound life which i think maybe later in this week i'll do an episode on and kind of i want to look at those episodes and i don't want to just like make fun of them for being fat even though it's really easy to do, but I want to rather look at their environment, look at the people around them, look at their um, thought patterns and their excuses. I think it'd be a really good video, but we'll save that for later. So this video, I'm going to go ahead and pull this up for you guys. I just want to make sure I'm recording because I've actually started recording my video and audio before and forgot to turn on OBS. So this video is called 57 Years Apart, A Boy and a Man Talk About Life. I found this a long time ago. I didn't really expect to talk about it this soon, but I feel like it's a good way to, I don't know, kind of start this week out. So let's go ahead and get into it. Also, I noticed that the framing is kind of off in my editing. I'm doing better to fix that. And I think that this video, because it's weird because I have to put myself in a corner, but yet I block out some of the video. So anyways, let's go ahead and move into this, turn this up a little bit. What? I don't know. You have yours. Mm -hmm. It's done. Okay. I don't know where the questions. I don't know where the song is. Right, will I ask you a question? Okay. The first one? Right. Uh, what is the worst? The first thing I look at in this kid, just because I like to look at people's like body language and stuff like that, is that this is a relatively healthy child. Just by looking at him, if you notice that a lot of... How old is this kid? He's like seven or something. But if you look at a lot of the children coming up now, or 
even like the teenagers, and I gave the example the other day, how if you were to like sit in a park and watch, I know this is like kind of creepy. Somebody said, it's like, why are you watching uh, high schoolers and middle schoolers come out of school? But I'm giving the example as if you were to watch these kids come out of school one by one, you look at all their postures and like all their postures are like this. They're looking down at their phones and they have masks on and they look like very socially anxious. And these people sound like they're from Ireland, judging by their accents. And I just by looking at this kid, you could tell that he has really good posture. I know he was kind of fidgeting around and stuff like that, but he has good posture. It looks like he's got a pretty well-developed jaw. And what you notice in a lot of these young children coming up nowadays is that they have an underdeveloped jaw because they're not chewing foods that really strengthen the muscle and the skull. And a lot of uh, people are eating softer foods that really, this is why I advocate so heavily for mastic gum, because we're not really chewing on like sinew or like tough meats for long periods of time anymore. But I look at this kid and I'm like, it looks like he got off his pacifier in time. It looks like he wasn't breastfeeding for too long. It looks like he has good oral posture, good posture in general. It looks like hormonally he's doing well. So I can already look at this kid and tell by his like skin complexion and his super red, shockingly red hair that he is um, more healthy than most children because most children are just fed on like fast food and just seed oils and absolute garbage. Um, but I'm thinking about being young. Well, you get lots of homework. It's also pretty, f it's. I did make this comment the other day about how it is absolutely insane how much homework and he's in what, like first grade. So his first or second grade. So his homework is probably mostly just like coloring or like really basic math. But man, I remember being a uh, elementary, middle school, high school student and the amount of homework you get. First of all, I don't know about in Ireland, but in America, the school system's absolutely broken. Like it's shocking how much homework you get. You're, you're already in school for what, like six to eight hours. I would say closer to eight hours. It's a full work day. And then after you get done with like this mind numbingly boring school day where you're just like locked in a near windowless classroom surrounded by idiots all day long reading or learning about something you have absolutely no interest in i don't know about you guys but i think after eighth grade i pretty much lost interest in everything regarding school and i'm pretty sure my learning stopped after eighth grade i'm pretty sure your average american can stop learning or stop going to school after eighth grade and be relatively fine because after that it's just a complete waste of time um but he's like this kid's like oh, well what sucks about being young is the homework. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that shit sucked. You're, you're in school for eight hours a day and you got to come home and you got to do three hours of homework. Jesus. They're like in the, in the middle, like in, mm. in school, like in the middle of bad and good. Oh. What is the worst thing? It's I'm actually going to pause this back and I want to really listen to what this kid's saying. Also, another thing to preface this episode is that I like to believe, and a lot of people don't give kids enough <laughs> credit or space is funny a lot of people don't give kids enough credit but i actually think that children are pretty intelligent because not because they're like able to they're not intelligent in the way as an adult but intelligence in the way of like problem solving and their imagination and the way that they view the world they have a different type of intelligence and a lot of people see children as stupid or as idiots and i guess to a certain aspect they are because they're so new to the world but I want to preface this episode by saying I think that most children are relatively intelligent. Well, you get lots of homework. It's also pretty... F it's They're like in the, in the middle, like in, mm. in school, like in the middle of bad and good. Oh. What is the worst? I don't really know what he means by that, but it's kind of interesting to take a child's thoughts and kind of like put yourself in his shoes and ask yourself, what do you mean by bad and good? It kind of sounds like 
it could be something as simple and it probably is something as simple as he sometimes he likes it and then sometimes he doesn't but it also could mean he's getting to that point to where he's starting to realize that maybe school sucks i don't know i could totally be projecting because i hated school but maybe he's like well it's it was good when i gotta just paint all day and hang out with my friends but now i have to do math so now it sucks like that could be it i don't really know thing about being old not being able to do is the worst thing about being old not being able to do things that you could do when you were young um, like uh, you can't bend down and get stuff on the floor well i can still do that it's funny how kids just it's so funny to look at the way that they think about certain things like he's he's like oh i can't run and he, basically what he's saying is obviously he's like i can't run anymore i can't jump i can't play football and the kid is like like you can't bend over and pick stuff off the floor because probably because he sees his grandpa going like or his dad being like oh god but um i just want to comment on something about aging that i've also been thinking about and i guess maybe my commentary isn't so much and completely about this episode but rather about aging and the difference between like being young and old in general and uh it's the fact that really to a certain extent not totally and completely but to a certain extent aging is absolutely a choice you're going to age regardless like assuming you don't die in early death but you're going to age regardless you're going to get to 57 years old if you're not already and i think that people as they age they forget the importance of like proper nutrition eating organic like mobility and exercise and stuff like that so when an old man and he looks like he's in relatively good shape for your average 57 year old if this was a 57 year old american he would look a lot different he'd be a lot more fat he'd be a lot more sick he'd look a lot older but as we age together and i say together because we're all moving through time together it's important to remember that the body is naturally going to decay, but that decay can be slightly prevented by like what I said, hydration, eating healthy, staying mobile, going on your walks, getting lots of sun. So it's like, of course, the, you're not going to be able to do the things that you were able to do as like a seven year old or a 19 year old, but a 57 year old who takes care of his body. I don't know if you guys have seen like these 57 year old bodybuilders or like these 57 year old yogis. They do not look or act 57, not in mind or in body. But the problem is your body gets a bit stiff. No, I know it hurts a lot. And that's one of the biggest reasons for deterioration. In a lot of older people is that stiffness that he's talking about. And I can actually relate to this because I've been training jujitsu for closer to three years now. And that's pretty strenuous on the body. It's very strenuous on your joints on your tendons, on your muscles in general, your neck starts to get really sore and you do develop the stiffness, maybe not to his extent. I don't know. I'm pretty unflexible, but I got into yoga about three months ago. I've been practicing yoga for maybe 35 to 40 classes now. And I've noticed that my stiffness has been relieved and it brings back some of that youth that I had in maybe my early teens. But this stiffness that he's talking about can be mitigated through the antioxidants, through the hydration. I'm talking about real hydration. Like you're not drinking from plastic shit water bottles. You're not drinking from like poisonous tap water, but like real hydration, structured water that comes from like springs or fruits or vegetables or stuff like that. But yeah, the stiffness I can imagine. When you're yeah. down, when you like, That's right, yes. You might get sick more often. Hopefully yeah. I don't, but that's yeah, the problem. That's pretty bad. I noticed this is kind of interesting too. I hope I'm not pausing this too much. I know that sometimes when people provide commentary, it gets a little tedious because they're like constantly pausing it. So, but I noticed that there is a look in a healthy old man's eyes who probably has children of his own, or maybe not. I don't know. When they look at another child, and I think what that look is, he looks at this child with like 
a sense of admiration and a sense of awe, but also like, and I could also be projecting here, but also like a sadness in their eyes. It's like, look at you. You're so young. You're so beautiful. You're moving around. You're so happy. You're yet to find out how painful and sad life can actually be. And, but of course the old man's not going to tell the boy any of this. He's going to look at him and he's going to tell him little fun things about his life and about getting older. But I, I can't help but look at like grandpa's when they look at like their son's or their grandson's eyes, there's always like this glint of sadness, but yet admiration in their eyes. I don't know. It's it is pretty bad. Eyes. The only time I went to a hospital is my mom to like get me born. Oh yeah. Do you wish you were old? He said the only time I've ever been in a hospital is when I was born. Maybe oh, yeah. is my mom to like get me born. Oh yeah. Do you wish you were old? I love that pause here. I watched a little bit of this video, by the way. But um he just asked the kid, Do you wish you were old? And I like how the kid thinks and he looks away and he you know that in his mind's eye, he's thinking about his dad, he's thinking about his mom, he's thinking about his grandparents, and he's really reflecting on what it is not to get old, but what the old people look like around him. Because kids, they just follow examples and they follow these archetypes and these people around them. So what he's actually thinking about is, do I want to become like my dad or my mom or like my grandpa, grandma, any, any or older brother, anything like that? Maybe. Like, so I was old and I... So I can like buy stuff for my own and have bait and have been married, but that'll be ew. Do you wish? So he said, I want to buy stuff. And I remember as a kid kind of looking at like these older kids or like adults and being like, damn, it must be so cool to go in the grocery store and buy stuff. Nowadays, it's like you go in the grocery store, you buy a bag of groceries, 150 bucks. <laughs> you realize how much that sucks. But you could tell this kid grew up from like a healthy background and lifestyle because if so you have this kid who I'm only assuming that he has a pretty good childhood where he's like, I want to get old because I want to get married and I want to have babies. And it's very funny and very good for a seven-year-old to say that because if he was traumatized, if he grew up in a like very broken household, he saw his parents fighting a lot, they're alcoholics, they were beating each other up, they weren't home, this kid would not be saying, I, I want to grow old because I want to have, I want to be married. What he's basically saying is like, my parents look, they're very happy together. I want to be married like them. Or at least that's his perception of it. I think it's a very healthy way. Uh, that's a very healthy thing for a child to say. If you were young, why? Uh, well, the problem about, uh, the great thing about being young is you have more time. You have more time to do things. Going back here. This is why I love these videos. Because there's these, these, these moments that most people would pass over. But if you're watching it closely, you look at his language and he says the problem with being young. And then he goes, the great thing about being young is watch, go back. Uh, well, the problem about uh, the great thing stops it. He says the problem about being young, actually the great thing about being young, because he understands that life is like it's a balance. And obviously, as a young person, you do have a problem because you have lots of time, but unlimited. Ultimately, that time is going to come to an end and you're going to pass away. But that's the great thing about being young because you're young and you have all this time and you have so much potential. So he switches it because not only does he want to like not introduce being young as a problem, but rather as something great. And that's how I can kind of imply that this man has a has had a healthy, relatively healthy life and a worldview. Um, but it's these little moments in these videos that I've come to really appreciate.
thing about being young is you have more time. You have more time to do things. I could play games, which I did. I used to play cowboys. And it's not that you have more time to do things. It's that your perception of time is different. Everybody has the same amount of time. Time passes pretty much the same for everybody. But as a child, time is different because you have unlimited access to like whatever it is that you want to do, especially if you have like a healthy, you know, family life or um, perception of the world. And it's not necessarily that the child has more time, but it, I guess to a certain extent, it feels like he has more time. The Indians. Yeah, that's what I play. Do you? Yeah. That's what I like about being young. I could use my imagination more. That That's sad story. You can't do that anymore. Well, I could be an, uh, an older cowboy. I might do it yet. Will you fall in love? So uh, on the comment of imagination, I think that imagination is obviously anyone's, but especially a child's greatest gift because Imagination is everything as a child. You imagine yourself as a cowboy. You imagine yourself as an Indian. You imagine yourself doing this or that. And it's not that he can't use, the, it's not that they all can't use his imagination as much anymore, but rather life kind of grinds that, you know, that, I don't want to, how do I say, like this resource of imagination down because all of a sudden you're, you're confined to like time and structure and order and rules. And that imagination naturally depletes, if it could deplete, over time and the child knows that imagination and feeling kind of synonymous in a lot of ways are like one of the greatest gifts that you can possibly has have as a human and this child in his youthful intellect knows that it's sad that as like we grow older imagination starts to kind of deplete and go get away from us because this child he uses his imagination and he is everything he's an astronaut he's a cowboy he's an indian he's this he's that and he knows that it's like the ultimate access like projecting himself into the world and like learning about the world through imagination and of course he says that's sad because it is sad and also i think that over time imagination in adults um, has kind of obviously been depleted because science has explained away everything. I mean, everything can be rationalized. Everything can be explained now. And I don't think it was always like that. I think adults used to have a lot of imagination. This is why we created mythologies. This is why we created gods. This is why we created like, you know, I, I always said that it's a real shame that man looks up to the sun or looks up to the stars and he only sees the void where our ancestors who had a lot of imagination, they looked up to the stars and they saw stories, their ancestors, they saw God they saw all sorts of stuff up there but as time goes on that kind of gets taken away from us or rather we take it away from ourselves and what will it be like i don't know like we'll have babies it'll be like fun all i had to change hmm. even though all had to change his diaper it'll be fun ah. but what about if he cries ah well it doesn't like edge here into him like hmm? and who do you love now if the if the baby's gonna cry, he's gonna sing Ed Sheeran. Who do you love now? Um. There's an interesting tone and voice, change of tone in this old man's voice when he asks, "Who do you love now?" It's a double take. Ah, uh, well. It does sing like Ed Sheeran to him, like. Hmm. And who do you love now? Who do you love now? Um. And who do you love now? Who do you love now? You guys notice that? Who do you love now? Who do you love now? It's kind of like a crack, but what he's doing is that he's obviously like emphasizing the question. I hope I'm not looking too far into this, but I do find it interesting. He's he's emphasizing the question, but yet 
Obviously, he wants to genuinely know who the boy loves, but also he's thinking about who he loves. Hmm? My mom. Your mom? Your dad? I like my dad. I like my family. Did you fall in love? What was it? Another thing that I thought of when watching this, right here. I like my so he says, I love my mom. I like my dad. I like my family. So young boys, you know, I think a healthy like a healthy movement through emotional life and the relationship with their parents is that this seven-year-old is obviously going to, I don't want to say love his mom more. I don't think that there's like, but I think that he's more attached to his mom. But as time goes on, you know, the boy really loves his mom and he needs his mom. The mom's still very nurturing. Uh, you know, it's obviously his like main care caretaker. Um, and he just got off the tit like five years ago. He's only seven years old. So five, six years ago, he's still pretty much a baby. And he's not saying like, I love my mom, but I like my dad as if like he loves his mom, but only kind of like, it's because he's not in the father's world yet. You know, he's still in the mother's world. It's very comfy. It's very happy. It's very exciting. His mom takes care of him every time he gets a boo-boo. But as he gets older, he'll start, start to move into like the more masculine world, the more fatherly world to where eventually if you have a healthy relationship with your father, like I do, or like maybe some of you guys do, as you got older, you kind of were like more curious about what your dad does and like how your dad sees the world. And then eventually, I mean, at least in olden days, you were initiated in manhood and stuff like that. So he's still in the mother's world. He's still, like I said. Now, when people listen to that, it wasn't, I know a lot of people interpret that as maybe he doesn't have a really good relationship with his dad. And that's why he said he likes his dad. No, I just think that he's still a baby. And as he gets older, he will come to appreciate and love his father more. I like my family. Did you fall in love? What was it like? Yes, uh, it was different for me. I fell in love late. And did you get married? No, unfortunately, uh, my my partner, she passed away. She died, unfortunately. That's that was a sad thing. Yeah, she got sick. I'm going to cry. No, 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 don't. No, no, no. No, ah, no, no. It's these things happen, Sean. That's life. But we've we have. I have very good memories, very good memories. And you live a lot of the time. You live in your head with memories. You can remember all the good things, and that's the important thing. Interesting. <sighs> that's life. But we've we have. I have very good memories. So I think one of the most. That was just like, I don't know, that was, a, that was a really beautiful moment in the episode. But basically, I was wondering about this guy's life, by the way. I was wondering if he was married. I wonder if he had kids. It doesn't sound like he has kids. But as a seven, this seven-year-old is actually really, really intelligent, probably a lot more intelligent than your average seven-year-old because he already has a grasp of what death actually is. A lot of like six and seven-year-olds, they don't have a damn clue. And I'm not saying that he like understands death holding completely, but at least he understands that people pass on and they go on to a different life. It would have been very concerning as a seven-year-old if he was like, what's death? What What do you mean she died? What does that mean? That is a very shocking thing. I remember when I was a child, I was probably like five, um, my librarian died and my, my parents had to explain to me, my mom had to explain to me what death was. And that was a very shocking experience for me. But it sounds like he's already experienced death, maybe a close family member, grandma, or like a dog or a pet. But his parents have taken the time to explain to him what death actually is. That's why he... He, this child was able to empathize, empathize and sympathize with this old man because he has a general idea of what death is. And I feel like that's healthy at that point. It was a sad thing. Yeah, she got sick. I'm going to cry. No, 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 don't. No, no, no. You could tell this kid actually 
she goes feeling sick. emotions here because of I'm this movement right here. Kids, when they're obviously like feeling emotions or they don't want you to see them cry, especially young boys, they'll like look at something and they'll be distracted by something. And you could tell that he's not, this kid's not lying. He's not, you know, exaggerating. I feel like he generally was feeling a lot of emotions. No, 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 don't. No, 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 ah, no, no. It's these things happen, Sean, that's life. But we've, we have, I have very good memories, very good memories. And you live, a lot of the time you live in your head with memories. You can remember all the good things, and that's the important thing. Well, the advice I would give to you, Sean, uh, is you don't have to be rich to be happy. Do the things you like doing that make you feel good. Because when you're happy yourself, everybody else is happy. Hmm. Really simple advice. And I'm, I'm not going to dive into this too deeply because it really doesn't need to be analyzed too much or at all. But, you know, what he's saying there is you don't need a lot of money to be happy. And that's obviously true. And that if you feel good and if you're happy, everyone else around you is happy and feeling good for the most part, because what you do and what you say matters. And this is coming back to the rule of like basic energy, where if you feel happy and if you feel content and you feel grateful, that is going to tell the universe around you. And I, I don't want to get too hippy dippy here, but it seems like if you feel happy and if you think and believe that you're grateful and happy and you love the people around you and you have a good perception of life and you know, it's like you're happy to see the sun and you're happy to eat good food and you treat everyone like mostly with respect and you know, you're nice to yourself, you're nice to those around you. That is going to kind of come back to you in like this way of, uh, I don't know, if you were like a Hindu, you'd say karma or something like that. Um, or, you know, I don't know. He's right when he says that. Do you have advice for, for Des? To like act normal. Don't be silly. Don't bully lots of people. The people I know in school, like my friend Alex in school, whenever he gets hurt, I hug him. I might not be able to work. But... Oh, that's a good advice. Uh, and be yourself. Don't let other people tell you what you should be. Just be as you are, isn't that true? Yeah. And I'm sure your life is going to be very successful. You, you. So, I really, okay, this is Irish. I see in the top right. Um, I really like how they frame the shot. And I don't know if they necessarily did this on purpose, but it kind of gives you an idea of time. And you realize that there really is, at least not, through like a cosmological sense, there's really no difference between this boy and the man. They're essentially the same person. They're just at a different space in time. They've just, they're just progressing at different times. But it's amazing when you kind of like blow this picture out and you look at a long line of like men and how we progress through like son, uh, you know, father, grandfather, great grandfather. It, it kind of makes you realize that everything that you're doing is so much more important, especially as a father, especially as a son or whatever you are, because you have a lot of people who are going to come after you who are depending on you to do good in this world, who are depending on you to like be a good person, to kind of build up that legacy, to like raise healthy, well-integrated children. Because when you're uh, like this old man, well, I'm assuming he didn't have kids, but let's assume this young man here has kids in the future. He is not just raising himself, but he's also raising seven generations after him. They say, I read this book this one time, or I listened to this podcast. I can't remember what it was, but basically it talked about how everything that you're doing is going to immediately affect the next 
three generations. That's what it was. But the Native Americans actually go even further than that. They say that you are actually raising the next seven generations. So I look at these two people and I, I can't help but like contemplate time and how fast life goes by, but also how short it is depending on, on your level of suffering and how you view the world. I think that people who have a healthy, happy life kind of feel like life is long and or sorry, life is short and people who have miserable lives of like suffering, like the people in my 600 pound life, um, they think that life is very, very long because when you're suffering, time is kind of drawn out a little bit. But I like this shot because it kind of reminds you that we all come from the same place and uh, time goes by for everybody. Time's going to pass for everybody just the same. So you better take your life and live it how you want to live. And I like how the kid says, just act normal because I don't think that he's really thinking this, but a lot of people, especially as we age, we kind of like want to carry these facades, whatever that facade is, whatever it's appropriate for. And we, we, we kind of grow disingenuous and fake. And especially in a world today with like social media and um, it's really easy to like hide behind a screen. It is wise to act yourself and to act normal because people will not, well, not only see right through it, but also it's very unhealthy for your soul. Have all the right things. You have all the right things to do. All your good friends. This is a cool moment here because essentially this kid has his whole life to live. And this man is at 60 years old. You know, you're not that old, to be honest, but you're definitely coming up on death's door, probably depending on his health, probably within the next 10 to 25 to 30 years. The average man lives to about 80 now. So he's essentially like, I hope I offered you something. Have a good life. And uh, keep those friends going and keep life going. Oops, there you go. That was a um, pretty good episode. So that was called, uh, that was called Facts. And you guys can watch this video for yourself. Maybe we'll do another one if you guys like it. But um, yeah, really good video. I'm surprised I even was able to put that into a 30 minute long video. But that kid seemed really healthy. That old man seemed really healthy. And that was, that was very rarely do you come across videos on YouTube these days that are like that wholesome and that cheery and that you, you walk away. It's like, yeah, you feel emotions towards it, but you feel kind of good and you have your own takeaways from it. I see so many videos now. It's like so shockingly degenerate, especially on Snapchat where, um, these, these like, it'll be like stepdad asks stepdaughter a question. And then the stepdaughter will ask a question like, did you ever sniff my panties? And like the stepdad, I'm not even joking. I actually saw a video like this and the stepdad was like, what? No, what the heck? Or, um, have you ever walked, have I ever walked in on you masturbating? Like these weird sexual questions. That's like the same thing. It's like a young person asking an old person stuff, but it's like just really weird and, and disgusting. I'm sure you guys have seen those, but anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. If you guys can leave your feedback underneath or, you know, if you're a Patreon, um, or sorry, if you're on Spotify, you know, go ahead and leave us a rating and or leave it a like on YouTube and subscribe, and, you know. So I hope you guys enjoyed this video and I'm going to have another one coming out soon. Appreciate it.